good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Courtney Cuff, Henny Cuff gave me. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions. You're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. We discuss local, national, Native news and events. And as you know, Haley, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. You are right, Dega. This portion of the show is supported by Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon, supporting honest Native news, stories, and events from Natives themselves. Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon. You know, over the the past five, six years uh, here in Native Roots Radio, we've been talking about the homeless situation, the opioid situation, um, and then we had COVID, and uh, we a lot of our direction went to COVID. And not that we don't still have COVID now, as me being an example of just having it. Um, we have a situation here in Minneapolis, and I think it's a situation we need to talk about because it's not just in Minneapolis. It's all over the country. And we have uh, Ryan Salmon and Nikki here to talk about this and what's happening in Minneapolis. And I just want to uh, give you guys uh, a courageous uh, peeny geeky for coming on and talking about this controversial and really hard thing to talk about because um, there's so many layers to it. Welcome, you guys. Bonjour, Robert. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And Nikki, uh, welcome. And uh, let's talk a little bit uh, about where we're at today and where where we want to be, and uh, and uh, maybe a little history. And uh, uh, we can maybe start out with a little history. You know, uh, I was talking uh, to one of our regular guests, Robert Lilgren, that a, a few weeks ago that it's been over five years with uh, our wall of forgotten natives was happening in Minneapolis, which was a huge encampment. Um, and things don't seem to have uh, moved much. And Nikki, uh, what's, what's your response on that? I'll take the where do we want to be and let Ryan do all the hard work on the history, but just kidding. Um, (laughs) Really, um, because there's so much, right, to really unpack, but I think, no, the the short answer is no, really nothing's been done since Wall of Forgotten Natives. And one of like our consistent messages, um, and it's when I say ours, it could be representing mud, but really unified, consistent message from the Native community, from um, organizers at Nanankazi, our, pe- our people here um, are 40, a little shy of 40 different um, Native orgs that are here in the Twin Cities. It's that we want to have these larger issues centered before that they reach like a crisis or a headline status. Um, and we know that the reason we talked about Wall of Forgotten Natives is because, right, it it did. It made for um, high visibility stories and headlines and 
to some effect, that's what's happening again. And there hasn't been all the sustained efforts in between, because in addition to Nenokazi, there's 40 other encampments, right, in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. And largely, there are relatives in those encampments as well. So I think one of the things, even as we're talking directly about Nenokazi and the issues surrounding this particular encampment, which is one of the largest, we're really like, how do we keep um, pushing forward and centering like this is not a houseless issue. Right. Um, this is some have said it. Yeah, it does have its roots in addiction. I think even digging deeper than that layer, it has its roots in trauma. Mm-hmm. And even addiction is a cope coping um, mechanism to trauma. So I think centering that is the, where we're at, too. Yeah, absolutely, Nikki. I agree 100 percent with that. Uh you know, Ryan, we, we, we talk about our relatives and, uh, we, we try to help our relatives. And, um, sometimes it's, it's hard to, because, because of a lot of things. And I think like Nikki said, that deep down, uh, there's serious trauma going on that we need to meet people where they're at. And that's really, really hard to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our focus with, with mud is, you know, providing safety and security to our, our relatives. You know, I, I, I want people to know that our hearts are in pain over this. We have a subcommittee that meets by, by weekly and we continue to uh, do our work, you know, surrounding opioids and homelessness here in the twin cities. Uh, And, um, you know, well, with that being said, we are on the cusp of having good foundational values in place to solve those short-term, mid-term, and long-term um, <clears throat> navigational settings, if you will. Yeah, definitely. Um, that It's just amazing that we, we are still talking about this and um, – and again, I, I don't want to put pressure on you and Nikki and the people that are working on people beca- uh, working on this because it's not it's a national thing. But what's important to remember is that we do have people like you and Ryan, and we, I think we talked about Adam too, uh, that are boots on the ground that are trying to figure this out in a good way. And that's why I think it's important one to have you guys on the show and speak your truth. But also to let everybody out there know that um, uh, we aren't turning on our people. We're trying to figure out what's the best way uh, for people that maybe aren't in that situation where they're thinking what's the best way for themselves. So it's really, really hard. That's, I mean, you said it right there, Robert. I think one of one of our elders um, had said, "Right, trauma stunts our ability." to think like future-minded, right? So, I mean, and we used to be really good at that as a people. I, I would say that when we're healed, we are very, still very good at that. Mm-hmm. And um, and I will hold and only say this as Nikki, not Mud, but my critique on the larger systems, dominant culture systems, are that they are not future-minded, right? That's yeah. how we get into issues of like a Western reductionist um system got 
got us in 500 years what you know had been caretaken in um right thousands and thousands and maybe even millions of years and they call that progress so i would say that really is hard you're right it is hard to do and i think one of the things that we also um are pretty collective in voice to say um to the powers that be resource our people to do that because the systems that you have um they treat symptoms right right oh access to education oh you know and here's the wand and the whack-a-mole um job placements free housing right right and then even this summer it was late summer the chief of police of minneapolis met with mud and was like but we don't know what to do. These things aren't working. Mm-hmm. We're like, yes, and they're not going to, right? By and right. large, they'll work for some. So again, understanding that these are issues caused by when, right, we see boarding schools, what happened to my grandparents' generation, it disrupted the transmission of cultural teachings, knowledge, values, knowing, having collective relationships, love, self-esteem. And I think a lot of reasons, like my cousin my sister cousin was at that and was at Nenankazi earlier. And she said, well, at least here, like I'm not a pariah and people care, seem to care about me and my comings and goings. Hmm. And so I think that idea of community and love is so important. And um, I'm not promoting encampments for that purpose. I'm saying people are looking for them. So we as community leaders and members, we need to be able to do that. And we do it well, but when we're not resourced to do it, right? right. Just trying to plug and play into systems, you will have the same, a lot of the same outcomes. So I know everyone's like systems change. Yay. No, for real systems change is needed here. Or, and I think one thing that Ryan's talked about, and I'm almost done on this tangent, but Ryan has talked about, Camp organizers have talked about going back to Wall of Forgotten Natives. Think about the money expended by the city on every encampment enclosure. I think they ballparked it at 200000 or so, how many they close every year, how much money was dropped in that navigation center after Wall of Forgotten Natives. It was like, what, something like 50000 a person, and what was the long-term impact? So we're asking, instead of resourcing things like that, if you were to resource efforts that are co-collaborated with like our people doing it, leading it mm-hmm. to create program systems facilities. Yeah. It, you would see a different outcome. Hey, let's take a quick break and let's talk about this. Uh, you're listening to native roots radio presents. I'm awake and we're talking about our encampments here in the twin cities. We'll be right back. We are your relatives. We are your relations. Brothers. Sisters. Sons. Daughters. And and some some of us are your grandchildren. We are your community. Historically, we held places of honor and respect. Because of the impact of colonization, some of us are rejected, thrown out from family, friends, and community, set up as targets for sexual violence, sex trafficked, humiliated, tortured, and murdered. Everybody has the right to be safe. We are your relatives. Remember, homophobia is not traditional. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. 
City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Hi, I'm Claudia with Minsure, Minnesota's official health insurance marketplace. With Minsure, you can compare health plans from multiple companies and get free help from a trusted expert. Whatever health plan you choose with Minsure, it's guaranteed to cover essential benefits so you can get the care you need. See if you qualify for discounts available only through Minsure. If you need quality, comprehensive health insurance, get started now at Minsure.org. Here. I am in uh, Colvin 1, U.S. Penitentiary, and I'm listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm Oik, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Development Institute, or NACD, in Minneapolis. Yes, uh, they do great work for our people in Minneapolis and the Twin Cities and surrounding states. We really appreciate their support all these years. Hey, we are talking uh, a really pretty rough uh, 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 subject here, and but it's also the big elephant in the in the in the room when it comes to the cities and how uh our elders are be, or our our relatives are being treated and how we can help and how powerless sometimes we feel and and uh we're talking real things here and we have Ryan Salmon here and Ryan you know we left off in the last segment Nikki talking about uh funding and you know we talk about a lot here in Native Roots Radio about you know um uh, people like a uh, land acknowledgements from us, you know, um, so they can feel better. I think throwing money at a, a bad idea, which proven a bad idea can be detrimental, um, because people throw their arms up and said, Hey, we tried to do this. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on this, uh, uh, money and where it should go? Well, so many times, uh, it, uh, Money is thrown out from city, state, county, and it's not directed into our community. We have organizations here, and MUD represents uh, approximately 35 different organizations throughout uh, the Twin Cities. And we are currently doing work uh, in, 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 in specifically homeless and opioids, and uh, we aren't getting the dollars sent to our organizations. You know, and then the city comes back and says, hey, why didn't any of your organizations, uh, you know, apply or request for these monies? Well, give us money that we can actually, it's tangible, that we can actually do work with, right? Mm -hmm. And I think when the city decides to, work with our organizations in those request processes and designs them to be specifically for our native communities, that's when we're going to actually start to get traction, be able to do the work that we already do. Even Nikki, 
Yeah, definitely, Ryan. Nikki, let's talk a little bit about that because I feel like, you know, we talked a little bit about the Wall of Forgotten Natives and there was a lot of uh, money being shifted around and put put around, but how much uh, did the community have a say in that and 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 uh, and how much do we need a say in it now? I think um, the performative look is that we had a say, um, but I think in the real um, experience, and I think it's one of the things it's like, whether it's city, state, fed, whatever, there's always usually restrictions on those funds, which that is like a paternalistic um, and we'll just say white supremacist construct of, again, we know better than you do of um, of how these funds should be accounted for and expended. Um, but then you look at historically, most of the institutions that have been around for a couple hundred years, they had runways, they had time to like grow, experiment, adapt, right? Um, I don't know why that's not afforded to people of color, why that's not afforded to Native communities. But again, um, there's this whole systemic issue. And I think um, what needs to be done is not even like to, I would even say to Ryan, like, yes, change the RFP process, change. If you say it's even in the world of philanthropy, trust-based, then have it be trust-based, right? Um, I heard somewhere, it's like, you, you can't get to trust without relationships. So do our governmental systems, does philanthropy, does other nonprofit sector have relationships with us, right? Like truly and meaningful ones, not where they're like, hey, have a program. Could you help us get your people um, to come to the meeting so they can hear how our programs can benefit them? Yeah. That's usually the nature of it. So wow. I would say also when you brought up somewhere else, Robert, COVID, yeah. when that's a perfect example of how governmental system, state, fed, county, city, they can move money real quick, mm-hmm. real quick when there's an issue that impacts them. So right. what we're saying is we know that could be done here. It could have been done. It can be done. It should be done. Absolutely. Nikki, and I'm a former high school teacher and uh, we, we and I was on the parent committee in the St. Paul Public School District. And, you know, we had 56 percent of our students uh, graduating on time. Now, to what you're saying, I, as an educator, going, this is a red alert. Why aren't we doing something about this? And if this was uh, our uh, white community, it'd be on the news every day and there would be funds and there would be things happening. But as uh, just a second thought, you're doing good. You're doing a lot better than you did 20 years ago or 100 years ago. And that's a rationale of uh, keep prodding away at uh, a disadvantage because we know education is the equal big equalizer. And I think that's what we try to do here. And I know I just went on a tangent, but I think they're all tied tied together. Quickly to say they're tied together, but even one thing that we've shared in conversations with each other, meaning native community, even from our varying perspectives on this, the particular encampment and closure timing and process, um, acts, education is important. And you're right, Robert, that would have been like that. There would have been a plan put behind that had it been another community. But I would say I, I have people in my very close family. I know all of us do that have high, higher education, right? Have the credentials next to their name and still are addicted to meth and heroin, fentanyl, still experience it because it is a place. It's a spiritual route and it, 
I think the uniqueness of this and when we're trying to convey this to the city, to the state, to all these other partners, what works in a different community can't just be copy and pasted onto us. That's why we're asking for the agency and control to make like to have collaborations and decisions that are more than us just being there, leading them, us leading them and giving suggestions back to these external partners because Again, those things don't work because you have a unique situation where an entire generation in a whole continent, not even just right the U.S., look at our First Nations um, relatives north of the medicine line, how residential schools impacted them. Mm -hmm. Every single person, whether you had the experience directly of abuse or not, um, meaning our grandparents or in my generation, our grandparents, this is what it's done. And so there's no surprise that we're 33 33 times more likely to OD in Minnesota if you're native. Um, It's no surprise that we're less than 2% or so of the total population, about 35% of the houselessness. Mm -hmm. Like all these things are not a surprise. And they're also not like the origin isn't something that we did. And so I think we got to get the runway and, and the agency and the funds to get ourselves out of it. Because even education, Robert, isn't going to do it. Right. Well, and then we're high in incarceration and all those things that you don't want to be up there. But I I guess I was just trying to use education, too, as an example. And it was a really good point that uh, some of our relatives with uh, degrees after their name are struggling just as much because it's, you know, I don't want to use the word war, but it's like it seems like it's a spiritual war and it always has been in the last 500 years. You know, as far as a spiritual war, I believe that you walk over to the encampment and you feel a difference in presence. Mm. Right. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, women go over there and sing a healing song. And all of a sudden, that spiritual spirituality all of a sudden changed. Right. People mm-hmm. woke up. People were drawn to that healing song. Right. And that's just a testimony of what our cultural and spiritual connection can do to assist in this epidemic yeah well uh, that's powerful words <laughs> that's uh really powerful nikki i just uh you know i think one of the things i'd like to talk about in the next segment too is a call of action for our listeners out there too um what you know i feel like here in st paul powerless uh, sometimes what's going on in Minneapolis and, uh, I'm sure vice versa, because we all have our issues, but we're all urban Indians and all native Americans that, uh, are related. And, um, we can't, we need a call of action and, and need to, uh, to support what you guys are doing and trying to do because it's a heavy lift, Nikki. Yeah, and I think um, call to action, too, for general public, because there's different ways that every everyone, if you think about it, around the issue should be interacting and 
Um, for some, it might be education, not and, and including our people too, because I think there's always like what's said in a public forum must be the truth. I mean, we all know that it's not, but sometimes it's taken that way. And I would say urging and underscoring and bold and emphasis, whatever the thing is, call attention to let's not um, try to, to lead with language that's further divisive for each other. Because one, it just, it really confuses, I think, general public too. And they have, I think, really good intentions to want to support sometimes Native people. Right. And they might not know how, and just looking in the court of public opinion isn't the best way to know how. Yeah, let's talk about that uh, and educate me and our listeners. Uh, hey, we're talking about homelessness here in our sacred sacred people that are, are homeless and uh, the spiritual ailments that we have as Native people. This is Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and we'll be right back after this short break. Please stay with us. As we gear up for the holidays, let's keep our friends, relatives, and elders protected from COVID-19. Even though the emergency declaration is over, COVID-19 is still a concern, especially for those with compromised immune systems. So when you get together this holiday season, opt for outdoor gatherings if weather permits or well-ventilated indoor spaces. And here's a tough one. If you're feeling unwell before your gathering, stay home. It may not be much fun, but it goes a long way towards keeping our cherished elders healthy. After your event, keep an eye on your health. Test if you notice symptoms. If you're traveling in crowded places like airports, put on a mask for that extra layer of protection. Let's make this holiday season the healthiest ever, securing a brighter future for our Native community. For more tips, visit health.state.mn.us. That's health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. Signing up for $1 bus and train rides with the Transit Assistance Program, or TAP, is quick and easy. Do it straight from your computer or phone by uploading one of the pre-approved documents listed at metrotransit.org slash TAP, along with a copy of your ID. We'll mail you a go-to card with a full year of discounted rides. For questions or translation help, call 612-373-3333. 612-373-3333. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live and and let howl. J&S Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. As we age, it's important to invest in our health and to help protect it. Like the flu, COVID-19 is always changing. 
That's why it's important to stay up to date on your vaccines. By getting the flu and COVID-19 vaccines, you can renew your body's defenses and lower the risk of getting sick. Get your health boost and protect yourself against the flu and COVID-19. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. That's vaccines.gov. Welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, we have like a heavy duty story going here on Native Brits Radio today. And um, I really appreciate our guests coming in and uh, explaining to me uh, what's going on and uh, explaining to our listeners who are well versed in uh, our our struggles and our victories. But I, I um, in the excitement of having you guys on, I never really explained. Uh, Ryan, would you mind explaining what mud is and how that directs uh affects our community and what you guys do absolutely uh mud which is the metropolitan urban indian directors uh we are a collective collaborative of approximately 35 different native-led organizations across the twin cities uh, within that, MUD has seven standing committees that allow us to take a deeper dive into the important areas of focus for our community. Uh, those subcommittees uh, focus on education, family preservation, health and wellness, public safety, opioid and unsheltered relatives, uh, also employment, economic development, and art and culture. You know, and uh, within those committees, those are those are the places that a lot of our work and collaboration happens. And so I urge people, you know, our relatives, if you fit into one of those committees or just want to learn more, please reach out. Let's engage. Let's do this good work together. Wow, that's uh, awesome. And, you know, Nikki, uh, let's talk. Uh, one of the things I'd really, because we're down to a last segment with you guys, one of the things I really want to understand and have our listeners know, uh, what do we need to know? What is the big picture? Because, you know, as Haley was saying earlier to us uh, during the break, was that we hear a lot of misinformation out there from people that have uh, – a lot of followers out there on TikTok and uh, social media, and they're not boots on the ground. So I want you to be able to explain to us as a person that's um, boots on the ground with your organization, what is going on and what do we really need to know? And um, what's the real story in the overview? Robert, and I think even just um, to think about like the boots on the ground, a lot of those are um, 
some of the camp organizers, some of the orgs within MUD that Ryan just talked about, like Division of Indian Work, Louise Matson couldn't be on this um, chat with us today, but she's been really instrumental too in response. And so her organization, right, has provided a lot of the like care packages. There's others that are visiting, visiting our relatives um, and supporting them with, you know, essential supplies, having conversations, holding talking circles with um, our relatives that are there to talk about some of these issues. And for some of them, it's the first time that they've even been heard. So I feel like there's a lot of unpublicized, kind of ad hoc a bit, um, outreach and work and stuff that's being done just because our literal relatives are there, right? Mm -hmm. um, our, we're all related, but there's also our blood relatives are there. People we love on and care about in our community are there. So I would just say, um, I think the biggest kind of point of misinformation um, seems like it comes from both within our community, to be frank, and then also then that gets communicated externally. And there's a lot of, um, you know, folks I was saying like, like to be weekend warriors that are general public well-intended, want to protest for us, want to show up in that way. But there's other, so many other ways that they could be showing up for us that involve a much more intentional commitment. It involves an education on what the issues are. You can't just see a social media post and then react and say, yep, we're coming to back you up because you don't know if that request is like what represented, does it just represent one voice, one segment, how um, widespread is that sentiment or course of action? So I think our request would be general public on whether it's the issue of the encampment for others. Like in the past, we've talked about Standing Rock. Mm -hmm. There's other issues, right? Make sure you do your due diligence and, yeah. and spend some time trying to hear holistically um, more about the issue and not just taking one thread or one voice and running with it. And I would say for the same for our people um, that might even be a have a, having a closer affinity for what's happening there. Also make sure you're doing that due diligence. Cause I think one of the misrepresentations that I'll be honest, mud hasn't really wanted to thought it was important to correct in a public way, but just since we have a voice here, Robert and Chima Gwetch, mm -hmm. just to say that um, we're, not in favor of closing the encampment without any supports or discussions and plans. And this is not a one-off issue for us. So this then becomes and for the future, what, how serious are we all, all the different stakeholders on the ground organizers, government agencies, orgs like ours that are in the mix, like how serious are we about like sticking with this in a longer term way um, and not waiting till the next camp encampment or crisis happens. I think that's the call to action for everyone. It's really easy to like be a weekend warrior mm -hmm. or be a keyboard warrior too. Right. But what are you doing for people to show up? And I think that's the call to action. And to know that as native people, we know unhealed people do unhealed things, right. but also let's, let's live the standards that are, our ancestors had, I know for me, like my grandparents had, the standard of conduct is 
you know, it doesn't mean you just kumbaya everything. We, right. we need to have difficult and challenging conversations, but there's a, there is a cultural protocol and spiritual way to do that in a good way. So I just call us to say, let's do that with each other because we need to care about each other because the systems often don't. Exactly. And what do you, what do you see like for me um, to get daily information or hourly or weekly? How, how do, does somebody like me uh, log into the, log into that as a, a person that wants to uh, to disseminate news about uh, correct news about things that are happening in our community. Would it be following you? Would it be going to mud? How do I how do I decipher the players uh, against the pretenders? Ryan, my ha- I know, you know I have Robert, some thoughts, but let's let Ryan take that one. <laughs> yeah, you know what, Robert? That's a great great question, and. Uh, we're continuously trying to improve that communication. I know following us on social media, we share what we're doing um, on a daily and weekly basis, right? But connect with our organizations, right? Build that relationship uh, like, like organizations like NACD, like uh, the Minneapolis Indian Center, uh, DIW, uh, Tawahe, uh, there's numerous organizations that would welcome that relationship and support. Wow. And then, uh, Nikki, what are, what are your thoughts on that? I, yeah, I was just thinking that to, to know in real time is hard. So I do think a lot of it is relational because right the fast paced changing nature and we're all doers of the work um and again if there were better resources given there could be resources that could keep better communications like like this is an amazing resource of information right um i have relatives all over the state that listen and watch this um um, I don't know if we call it a podcast interview, whatever this is, Robert, like it's a great way to, to get information out, but we need more, more, right. More channels that are unfiltered um, and aren't just taking sound bites, um, which we know like general media kind of has to, cause there's so much going on, but I think that would be one way. And I think um, just having, I, I think a patience to know that, Maybe we can't have information that quick every day unless there's planning behind it so that just some patience and, again, really delving into the relationship side of it, like Ryan said. Yeah, well, and and whatever we can do here at Native Roots Radio, I know um, Haley and I have talked about um, we have regular guests. Maybe we can get you guys in the and uh, do a segment uh, once a week or once every couple of weeks and give us an update because that would be a really important for our listeners. And we really like to follow through on our, our, on our leaders and on our um, issues here in the twin cities and all of turtle Island. So I throw that out to you guys uh, as an open door um, way for us here on native Ritz radio to uh, speak the truth and, uh, and so I just throw that out to you because this has been, um, we have a lot of fun on the show, but we also talk about uh, 
serious issues and this has been a serious issue and I've learned so much um, because again, uh, where we have to figure out where our place is and everything, you know, um, for a long time, I didn't want to speak for our community because I felt like I didn't have a voice because I don't know the ins and outs and everything. And I, I think that's why we haven't really talked a lot about this issue here on Native Roots Radio. And I'm really happy to, that you guys were able to come in here and um, speak your truth, but also let us know as a community what uh, we can do and what's going on in the in with our with our people and and some of the things that I'm going to leave with is that we need to have leaders like you guys and Mud to uh, to speak for our people in a sense of how funds are being spent and I, I think that's one of the big things that I'll I'll leave with today too. So, uh, you guys, uh, that was a, a pause there. I didn't, and uh, I, I just was wondering, we got like a minute left. How can people, uh, where, where are you guys? Where is there a website, Facebook page? How can our listeners out there all over the country, uh, figure out how, how to get this information and, uh, support you guys? Or, and sorry, the, it's, uh, mudmn.org is going to be our website and then you can go on to social media and uh, search for Metropolitan Urban Indian Directors uh, Facebook page. Mud community, if if it's helpful, yeah, if you're Googling, it's M-U-I-D, or not Googling, but search bar, M-U-I-D community page. You guys, thank you so, so much uh, for stopping in, and um, I really, really appreciate this, and hopefully we can get more updates. We're on five days a week, and we'd love to, to squeeze some room in for, for you guys specifically. So thank you so much, Big Peeny Gigi, for being on today. Thank you. Signing up for $1 bus and train rides with the Transit Assistance Program, or TAP, is quick and easy. Do it straight from your computer or phone by uploading one of the pre-approved documents listed at metrotransit.org slash TAP, along with a copy of your ID. We'll mail you a go-to card with a full year of discounted rides. For questions or translation help, call 612-373-3333. 612-373-3333. As we gear up for the holiday season, let's prioritize the safety of our community, especially our cherished elders and loved ones. As you plan your holiday gatherings, remember, whether you're young or in good health, you could still unknowingly spread COVID-19. The key to a safer celebration is getting vaccinated. The newest vaccines are authorized, effective against current variants, and FDA-approved for ages six months and up. So here's the call to action. Be a vaccinative. Protect yourself and your loved ones. Getting vaccinated before your holiday gatherings is a powerful way to ensure a safer and happier time for everyone. Let's honor our elders by preserving their wisdom and stories for generations to come. So be a vaccinative this holiday season. Find more information, including clinics with free vaccines at vaccines.gov. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health.
Hi, I'm Claudia with Minsure, Minnesota's official health insurance marketplace. With Minsure, you can compare health plans from multiple companies and get free help from a trusted expert. Whatever health plan you choose with Minsure, it's guaranteed to cover essential benefits so you can get the care you need. See if you qualify for discounts available only through Minsure. If you need quality, comprehensive health insurance, get started now at Minsure.org. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake. This portion of the show is supported by... Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. I did a howl uh, chewing on uh, chewing on a um, a bone. No, a leaf. Our our wolves are vegan. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Hey, I want to introduce Wendy, our awesome my. Our awesome and beautiful <laughs> wife, my awesome, beautiful wife, and, and Wendy's been on for over seven years in Native Roots Radio, and we've been learning so much over the years. I know I have uh, about our sacred animals, and uh, it's always great to have you on, Wen. Yeah, thank you. Hey, everybody. My name is Hanaji Hihani. That means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajinga, which means walks on white clouds. I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at the local and state levels. And it's always my pleasure to do that. So I just got my update in the mail today, Robert. Oh. It came um, it's called All Animals, yes. and it's the uh, update from the Humane Society of the United States, and it's marked winter of 2024, Ooh. and my hero is on the cover. Oh, Who is Jane, that? Jane Goodall. Oh, good one. Yeah, so Jane Good- Goodall, she's awesome, and I've been following her through her career I got you over the years. Book. I know, I know. Um, yeah, so she... Uh, went into the forests of Tanzania, Africa, and she studied wild chimpanzees. um, And she's um, a PhD DBE. And she's the founder of the Jane Goodall Institute and the United Nations Messenger of Peace. Uh, So she's done great work through her career. So I just wanted to tell you that. And I get that. I get this update uh, because I... um, donate to the Humane Society of the United States, and I'm also a Humane Policy Volunteer Leader. And they just came up with with their uh, 2023 reflections on all the good stuff that they did in 2023. And there's so much, we're not even, there's so much stuff, we're not even going to be able to get it through, but I just wanted to talk about a couple of the real highlights. And um, some of the things that, um, uh, you know, me and my uh, counterparts, in the Humane Society of the United States, we went and we talked to our legislators about, awesome. yeah, so it's really fun. Like when we when we would go meet our legislators, our House representatives, our city council members to get stuff done, and then you see it 
yeah. in the magazine yeah. um, as a uh, 2023 reflection of what passed and what good work the Humane Society of the United States did. Yeah. Yeah. And continue to do. But I just want to remind everyone uh, that the Humane Society of the United States does not uh, adopt out any dogs or cats or we're not involved in that. What we're involved in is legislation. So I'm a um, a volunteer lobbyist for them. And that's what I do. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So if anybody wants to become a volunteer uh, leader, we're called, uh, we used to called, we used to be called uh, council members, mm-hmm. but now we're called humane policy volunteer leaders. Yeah. It's kind of a big, uh, you know, name, yep. humane Title. policy volunteer leader. And we had to put the L at the end or else we, we would have been humane HPV, which is oh. you. Human papillomavirus. So they, yeah, yeah, maybe not that. So they had to put the Jeez. leader at the end. So yeah, yeah. we got to get t-shirts. But anyway, let's get here. Let's go here. We're going to reflect on 2023 and what all the great things that the Humane Society of the United States did. So we have, um, I don't know this company, and I'm really surprised about it, but with our help, and when I say our help, that's the Humane Society of the United States. Um, Mondelez International, they are the makers of Oreos, Triscuits, and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will only use cage-free eggs by 2025. That's wow. huge. And yeah. Oreos are vegan. Oreos. They don't even use that. Yeah. The Oreos do not use right. the eggs. They are vegan. But really, this company, Mondelez, international they operate in 80 countries that's how big they are so uh going cage free is huge just huge um so that's great and and they give you like a little paragraph underneath about all the details but i'm not going to have time to do that so in may the united states supreme court upheld california's Proposition 12, which requires that mother pigs, leg, uh, egg-laying hens, and calves raised for veal in the state are not cruelty-confined. God, that's yep, a big thing. The law also bans the in-state sale of pork, eggs, and veal produced via extreme confinement. So California doesn't even allow that those meat and egg to come into their state if those animals were kept in confined uh, cages. So that's, wow, that's uh, proposition 12 is awesome. And I, mm-hmm. we did, we had to call our state senators about that. So we worked on that. Mm-hmm. 310 veterinary professionals and students volunteered 24,640 hours to care for 8,492 animals through their rural area veterinary service program. So that's a lot Mm -hmm. of hours, a lot of volunteers, and a lot of animals that really, um, you know, benefited from this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Five students received $10,000 scholarships from the Humane Society Veterinarian Medical Association. That's really great. Let's see what else. I don't want to read every single one, but I want to read the ones that I'm 
really uh, jazzed about. Jazzed about. <laughs> well, here's here's one. This is really good too. Uh, their animal rescue team responded to three thousand four hundred ninety-five animal cruelty complaints, assisted law enforcement with cases involving more than sixty-five different species, including dogs, cats, goats, snakes, kangaroos, ferrets, and more, and traveled to twelve states and two countries this year. That's huge. Um, yeah. To help with animal cruelty. Jeez, let me get applause on that. Yeah, right. Haley, don't you have an applause one on yours too? I don't think I do yet. I'll have to get a different one so they sound different. Yeah, get a clappy one. A lot of people don't know, but the dog meat trade in Korea is still around. But 198 dogs were rescued from Korea meat farms this year alone by the Humane Society International. Jeez. Yeah, those are the, that's, they go over all of them. Yeah. A decade long fight in the United States to end the private possession of big cats. At the federal level ended when the Big Cat Public Safety Act went into effect in June. We Mm. went and talked also about that one. Do you remember that? God, I remember you and I driving to one of those damn places. Yep. Up northern Minnesota, not even that far away. Yep, where people kept those big cats. I know. Uh. Yeah. Outdoors, mm-hmm. take a picture with them. Yep. Let me make money off these poor exactly. Things. And the animal goes back in the cage with no enrichment, Ugh. sits there all day until the next person comes and takes a picture with them. Or this is just people who get these right. big cats and keep them in their house as like a pet, uh, and then you know, mauled. then they get too big <laughs> and, and they, they can't mauled. handle it, and then the animal you know eats them exactly. <laughs> But usually people don't even realize what kind of food and nutrition these animals need. And most of them are really sick when they're rescued because they haven't gotten the the correct nutrients and stuff. Damn, yeah. Uh-huh. One minute. Yeah. Okay. What else do we have here? California became the first state to end the sale of new animal fur products mm. when its ban went into effect in January. Nice. Fur free. Yes, fur free. That's right. 12 of the 50 top food service companies in the United States have set public uh, plant-based menu and meat reduction goals after working with the Humane Society of the United States. So more plant-based foods are out there and going around, and it's better for people, better for the planet, better for the economy. Better right. for the earth. Right on. Hey, Wendy, Pina Gigi, thank you so much for uh, your report. And maybe we'll get deeper into that next week. Yeah, I got lots more here. Hey, this has been Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. Free Leonard Peltier. Now. Wow.